Leadership, purpose, service. This is Fulfilling the Dream with Wayman Brett. Your path to greatness is not simply paved with the grinding feet of persistence. Through motivating stories and personal testimonials, gain the insight you need to overcome life's biggest challenges and break through those barriers that hinder you. So when opportunity knocks at your door, you'll be ready. Welcome to Fulfilling the Dream. Welcome to Fulfilling the Dream. I'm with Leadrian Roby, Superintendent of Grand Rapids Public Schools. She has been with the school now for a couple of years, and we are so happy that she's here. She is formerly from Minnesota and did some teaching here in the state of Michigan, in Covert, Michigan, I believe. And we are very pleased and happy that she's now our new superintendent, and we're looking forward to our conversation. She's going to tell us about the obstacles that she overcame and some of the very interesting circumstances that she had to go through. Uh, to become the new superintendent of Grand Rapids Public Schools. So welcome, Superintendent Roby. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, it's so great to see you again. I keep running into your husband for some reason. (laughs) I see him in various places, the oddest places. and He's such a wonderful young man, and I'm I'm a little older than you are, so I'll call him a young man. You are too. And uh, just so pleased that you all are here in the fair city of Grand Rapids after... uh, being away in Minnesota, and now you're here, and uh, just wanted to just thank you for being on the show as before we get started, and and looking forward to our conversation. So let's let's talk about who you are and sure. a little bit of your background. Give us a little bit of background. Um, again, my name is Leetrian Roby, and I am the proud superintendent of Grand Rapids Public Schools. This is the beginning of my fourth year in the district, and as superintendent. Um, prior to being superintendent of Grand Rapids Public Schools, I've had, I'm a boomeranger, and so I've been here in Michigan once before, um, between 2001 and 2010. I lived in Kalamazoo, but I actually um, worked in Covert, Michigan, which is about 50 miles southwest, and that was a phenomenal experience. Um, our entire family, my husband and our three children, were with, we were all together in the community at the time, and um, we decided at one point to go back to Minnesota, and um, but we had this yearning to come back to Michigan. I've always liked the area, love the people, love the community, and when the opportunity presented itself to come to Grand Rapids to take a look at Grand Rapids, I was like, you know what, we're going to go for it. Wow. And, and you were in Minnesota for how long were you there? So um, I've been in Minnesota, um, raised Part of my childhood in Minnesota, I've lived in all states that begin with M. Yeah. So born in Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, when my parents divorced, they moved. My mother moved my brother and myself, and and um, she moved to Minnesota um, because she needed more support from her family. And yeah. so spent the second part of my childhood in Minnesota, um, my college years, and then when the opportunity presented itself to come to Michigan, we right. said let's let's try it. And so I've lived in. Missouri, Minnesota, Michigan, back to Minnesota, now back to Michigan. Yeah, that's great. Your whole family's been involved in education, at least your mom, and I know that some of you, maybe your other relatives. So why don't you talk about your family and and their journey in education and how it maybe inspired you to become uh, 
the educator that you are today. Sure. Um, my mother was born in the rural South, and I shared with you my grandparents were sharecroppers, and uh, my mother was the youngest of 12, and she and her sister just next to her, number 11, were the only two that my grandparents were able to um, send to college. And that really did change the trajectory of our family. Um, and it, they, by birth order, were the, the youngest two that my grandparents were able to send off to college. They were able to go off to college. And um, because they both began their careers, um, that had impact on us. My mother's sister, Dr. Willering Beasley, is a retired principal in Minneapolis Public Schools. My mother, her name is Dr. Um, Jackie Soul Davis, and she is also a retired principal in Minneapolis Public Schools. And so education has always been the thread in our family. And even with my grandparents and my older aunts and uncles, there's always been a belief around education yeah. really is that yeah. gateway to new yeah. opportunities. And yeah. so growing up, I knew no matter what, I needed to have education as part of right. my pathway. You were you were thinking about going into uh, legal work at one yes. point, I believe, yes. as an attorney. Um, yes. So you know how when you're younger, 17, 18, you think, oh, I want to do this or I want to do that. And yeah. I wanted to be a trial attorney. And I remember that's kind of the, the pathway that I had been in. And when I went off to college um, for the first time at Hampton University, I took my first um, philosophy course and they started talking about Aristotle and Plato. And I was like, yeah, this is really not for me. I want to have more contact. And when I um, spoke with my counselor and I said, you know, I really think I want to work with children because, mm. the you know, and, and, Philosophy certainly is fine, but it just wasn't my passion. Yeah. And I knew early on, and I recognized early on, that that was not something that I would yeah. um, make a career from. Yeah. And so I switched majors my freshman year and decided to go into elementary education. Ah, so that's how it made, it, made that move. So your mom and your aunts, and you know, it's amazing how things will morph into something that they have, that they want to put, that they push you down that path, or was it something that just came about from your own? And I would say probably more um, sub subtly, subtly than what they might suspect, because I remember when we'd have days off from school, I would sit in meetings with my mother, or sometimes I would go to board meetings with my aunt. And so even though no one said, hey, you should... Um, pursue this as a pathway yeah. but because I was exposed to it I got to see the things that took place behind the scenes at school um, I was always in um, their buildings when they were setting up for the beginning of the school year yeah. working with their staff and I really had an appreciation for how hard teachers work and yeah. how hard um, other people work to make sure that the school experience was she tough on you oh god yes <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um my mother and my aunt they you know, they had high expectations and, you know, very much were the folks that said and believed that too much is given, much is required. Yeah. And so it very much was we, my brother and my cousins, they expected us to do well in school. They expected us to try hard. They expected us to demonstrate that we understood that other people have made some sacrifices. And that's mm -hmm. something that has always been instilled in, in me. Mm -hmm. um, coming home with poor grades was never 
something that my mother was going to accept because she was kind of like, what do you have to do besides be a student? So she was tough and she still is tough. That's so. great. That's great. You have, uh, you've got a rock solid uh, background on footing. Makes a difference when you've got your parents involved and oh, yes. they're serious about you and your growth and your potential. So were there any misgivings about the direction that you took? I mean, when you decided to make the move to go into elementary education, what, what have you since thought about that? Has that been the right path? Are you, you sure that that's where you wanted to be? Yeah, I mean, I think with any career, if people are really honest with themselves, there are days where you're like, I love this, can't imagine doing anything else. And there are days where it's like, I can work somewhere else and I can figure out. So, I mean, I won't pretend as if there aren't times that I think, yeah, what else can I do? Um, but what I think, it, education and working with young people and seeing them thrive, that is something that has always continually motivated me. And when somebody gets something for like the first time just to see how they they light up, that's something yeah. that has always inspired me and so um i don't see myself ever doing anything outside of working with mm -hmm. um educators and people who are trying to continue to learn and grow yeah. and so i think i am very much a a teacher by trade even in my my role as superintendent i still approach things from a teacher's mindset of how do I make sure that people understand what we're trying to communicate? How do we make sure that we provide different on-ramps or pathways for people to, to right. um, get the things that they need? And so that's really important to me. And I think that drives who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. I want people to feel better and, and learn more because of some of their experiences that they may have had, that yeah. I've had either direct or indirect influence over. Yeah. You know, you read the headlines and you listen to the news sometimes and it, talks about the fact that a lot of these kids are being left behind and and I feel that we can do more and what are your thoughts about that uh, should all children um, have the opportunity like you to be successful as they grow up and uh, what's missing what do we need to do to make sure that all children are fulfilling their dreams so I think when we talk about um, people's dreams we have to be really clear in when you think where that gap is sometimes it's a instructional gap where they may have had interrupted instruction for various reasons. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as a belief gap. And I think that is the probably one of the most hmm. fundamental components around why people try things or why they are willing to kind of lean outside of their comfort zone. How have we instilled in education or as parents or grandparents or community members, you can try this, or I believe in you, or I see the future in you, not who you present right now and today in your maybe being making poor choices or being yeah. silly or whatever, but I see the potential leader in you. And to be able to say that to a young person, it it's like fuel. It's it's like food for their soul to be able to tell them, I see the potential leader. You could be a, a judge or you could be an attorney yeah. or you can be a firefighter or, or whatever that is to be able to instill in them that they are more than what they might see right now yeah. and also how we approach that. So it's not just what we say to them, but how do we make sure that they have lots of experiences and right. access to different things? Yeah. That's really important too. Yeah. So is it 
the schools? Is it your job or is it the community's job? It's everybody's job. I mean, if you think about, yeah. um, and, and, you know, my parents and probably your parents will tell those stories of, you know, back in the old days, Mr. Sh- Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so would say this or do that. And I think some of that we've lost um, as we've gotten more technologically literate. We've lost that connection to to one another and it is everybody's job it's not just the school's job it's parents job it's um the community's job it's the people at church everybody's job to lift up young people and to make sure that they have opportunities and experiences that maybe they weren't privy to yeah amen i i completely agree if it wasn't for those camps that i went to and if it wasn't for those uncles and aunts that i you know would go visit um there's no way that I would have been able to be as accomplished as I was. And, or even to yeah. to try things, because a lot of times kids will say, well, I don't want to do that, or I don't like it. And it's like, how do you know if you haven't at least tried? It's like, yeah. experience it and then decide, oh, this is not for me. Or you might right. decide, oh, this really is kind of cool. Right, right. So, so we, need to, we need to do something to ground these children and the possibilities that there's a, there are all kinds of opportunities that they can go into. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't have to subscribe to going to be uh, growing up to become an attorney or a doctor. They, there are all kinds of careers that they can go to. Or create a pathway that doesn't even exist. And if you think about it, um, and I'm going to date myself as I say this, in 2000, you know, when we were kind of changing centuries, if you had said a vlogger or an influencer, we wouldn't have had positions for that. And so I think our job as educators and as leaders and as community members is to give young people the ability to dream beyond positions that we currently know. It's like there are other positions that haven't been created right now in 2023, but will be a thing in 2043. And so if we give people the opportunity to dream big and to think outside of the box and not limit them based on our own experiences. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Walt Disney once said, all dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. That's mm-hmm. what he said, and I believe that too. How do we give the kids courage to pursue their dreams? Creating a safe space. And so um, the first time that you try something, you might not be successful. And I think creating a space where people can fail forward and no one likes to fail myself included right and so when i think about creating a safe space is letting kids try something new or experiencing something that they haven't experienced before and then having the conversation about what what they liked about it or if they didn't do as well as they would have liked what can you do differently and that encourages people to want to try again I always think of coaching from the positive and I'm not an athlete, but I have watched um, my husband and others who have coached sports. When you coach from the positive, that means your players are willing to go back out there and try again. But if you just only say, well, you didn't do this right. And if you had done this, it would have happened differently. So when you coach from the positive, that gives people the confidence to say, you know what? That wasn't necessarily my best work, but this is how I'm going to try again. Or I'm going to try something different because Somebody has given me the, the space to, to fall forward. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you've had your time in Grand Rapids. Do you see this community um, wrapping its arm around um, the Grand Rapids Public Schools? And I hope you do. And I hope that you find that 
you have willing partners. And how important are those partners for you in community? Because I know when I was the county administrator, I always had these allies that I worked with. And I always thought beyond just the four walls of, of, of the of the county wall. And how important are those people to your uh, strategy and, and, and attain the successes that you that you have? How important is that? So I'm answer the first question where do I see the community kind of wrapping its arms, collective arms around um, the district and our young people? And I would say yes. And um, although I'm new to the community, one of the first things that kind of stood out to me is as we were going through the pandemic and things began to shut down in 2020, how quickly um, community partners and um, philanthropy and businesses decided to kind of ensure that our young people had access to computers and hotspots. Yeah. And, and it was in a matter of like three weeks, mm -hmm. kind of turning around a you know, a 150-year-old system to make sure that education and learning still took place. Yeah. And even as we were navigating that space, community partners continually asked, what do families need? How do we make sure that kids are getting some of the supports mm -hmm. that they're able to get? Um, and so that's something that stood out to me coming from a large metropolitan um, community. Um, again, I have roots in Minneapolis Hall. <coughs> um, I was... This was, you know, even though Grand Rapids is a little bit smaller of a community, but it's still a metropolitan area. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is really kind of cool that yeah. people really, really embrace that. And then when you ask about our community partners important, yes, that's a secret sauce, right? That goes back to yeah. some of the things I was saying earlier yeah. around we want our young people to be successful. It can't just live no. in the schools or it can't just live in the home. It has to be with our community and right. our community partners because let's be honest, there are certain things that we do really well as a school system, yeah. but also our community partners are able to That's do awesome. things creatively and outside the box and offer different experiences. <clears throat> and it would be foolish to only think that we're the only program or place in town where kids can have real, rich, robust experiences. Yes. And so with respect to kind of how do I envision this as we're... Um, <clears throat> operationalizing our district strategic plan. We do have a, a component around that where it's looking at how to become better stewards and be in better community and relationship with the broader community. And then also another component of our strategic plan is making sure that we are supporting the holistic academic, social, mm -hmm. and emotional needs of our young people. And so I provide emotional support but and academic support, but I'm not the only place that young people can mm -hmm. get that. And tapping into community resources, um, different agencies, different after-school programs and such, I think helps make our young people much more well-rounded. Well yeah. And it provides opportunities for um, other people to showcase their talents as well. Right. I was reading something about you and, and, and Alan Page, uh, the former Minnesota Viking. Yes. Great. Uh, had something to do with with your set. So tell me about Alan Page and the so, program that he was he was involved with here in Minnesota. He was a heck of a football player. Yes, the Purple People Eaters. So um, he was part of the Purple People Eaters as as a Minnesota Viking. And um, <clears throat> Alan Page currently is a retired Minnesota Supreme Court justice. Oh, yeah. um, and so as he was transitioning from his football career. 
it, he went to law school and pursued um, a legal career and then continually um, rose up the ranks. And what my connection to Alan Page, he is a mentor of mine, but he's also a close family friend. And my aunt, the one I spoke of, Dr. Willerine Beasley, she actually inducted him into the Hall of Fame when he was inducted in Canton, Ohio. Oh, that's cool. And I want to say it's like 1988. I might have the, the year um, incorrect. And what was unique about that, he made a declarative statement around athletes are more than just athletes. They also um, have connection to community, have connection uh-huh. to education. And she was the first person outside of, um, you know, former coaches and other players to induct a football player into the Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And so um, my relationship with him as that was going on, I was a college student and um, you know, when you're a college student, money is always an issue. Um, and he began a scholarship for people who wanted to get back to the community. And I was one of the recipients of the Page Foundation, which has given away millions and millions of dollars to um, young people of color who want to get back to their community. And um, he was just a great mentor and helped awesome. sometimes fulfill that gap when, yeah. you know, you don't have enough for tuition and books and, and so some of those things. And so he's always just been a phenomenal mentor and he has lived his his belief. And I and I so admire who he is because yeah. he doesn't just talk about it. He demonstrated demonstrates it in action. That's fantastic. Well he was one heck of a football player. Yes. Sounds yes. like more of a heck of a guy. I'm I'm happy to hear that story. It motivates me. You have uh, three children, I believe. Yes. Taylor, Julian, and Cedric. Yes. So where are they at now? So everybody has launched. My husband, Stephen, and I are empty nesters, and so that's always something I I share with um, people. My daughter, Taylor, is um, she and her husband and their two children, they live in Atlanta, Georgia. She is a director of a startup um, where she does a lot of marketing. And my son, Julian, is my middle child. He is beginning his third year of law. He um, graduated from University of Michigan with public health, um, with his master's, and then he decided to go to law school. This summer, I'm so excited for him. He has done an internship with the Southern Law Poverty Center in Atlanta. And so this next year, he'll be completing his law degree and then studying for the bar. So we're excited about that. And then my baby boy, Cedric, is um, a graduate of Central State um, University in Ohio. And he actually is a analyst for one of the banks, Comerica in Detroit. And so everybody has begun a career. No one asks us for money, which is important. (laughs) (laughs) And and, you know, and I'll say this too, they're nice people. I I love that my kids, are doing their thing, they're, they found their passion, and they're nice people, they give back, they are connected to their communities, and when other people say, oh yeah, I ran into one of your kids, and they talked about this, they're nice people, I'm like, oh, as a parent, that always does yeah, your heart good. That's, that's so wonderful. Yeah, so they they falling in mom's footsteps, and dad's footsteps. Yes, well nobody's in education, and uh, my husband's in IT, so they've all kind of, my daughter Taylor probably be the closest one with um, the digital work that she does, but Everybody is doing their thing. And most importantly, they found their passion. I think that's important that's great. for young people. That's great. What advice would you give to an aspiring young person? It sounds like your kids are great. What would you tell any aspiring young leader? What, what would you want them to focus in on? 
Believe in yourself. Create your own board of directors, and I'll talk about that in a second, and surround yourself with people who are going to to lift you up, but also give you that critical, constructive feedback to help you grow. And when I say surround yourself with your own kind of personal board of directors, you need people that are doing things that you aspire to do. And it doesn't always have to be career-wise. It might be things in the community or things um, that you see them doing financially. Mm -hmm. And let them be your mentors. Ask them questions. Ask, can you sit at the table with them sometimes so that you can get a bird's eye view of how they got to that position. Also, when when I say um, have people who will give you the real, and I shared this with principals this morning, I love cake. So cake is like the thing that I could just eat every single day. <laughs> but having a diet of cake is not healthy. Yeah, and right. it's like you have to balance it with the vegetables and the protein and the starches. And when I say have people who are going to give you the real, you need people in your life who will say, Lee Dream, mm-hmm. you did this really well, but how you could do this better? Or you didn't do this so well. And this is how my suggestion to you. If I only get the good stuff, I never grow. And so when I'm talking to young people, I would say give, get around people who are going to give you both positive, the warm fuzzies, but are also going to give you that constructive feedback that stretches you and allows you to grow. And listen, that's the other thing. Have a, a coachable and, and a listening spirit where you can hear it and say, oh, they're right. I do need to make, you know, up my game in this area. That's great. Paul Collins said the same thing. We interviewed him a few weeks back, and he said the same exact thing for his kids. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's exactly the same. Tell them the truth. Expect them to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Hold them accountable. It sounds the same thing. So it's wonderful to hear it being preached again by uh, Superintendent School Roby. So listen, what, uh, what would you want your family or your children to think of you uh, when you leave public administration? Oh, you, you, you're in it now for, I don't know, 20 years now, maybe you've been in it. What 30, you, it's been 30, 30 it's 30 been 30, years. yes. What would you want them to say about you? What would you want them to remember you as a person and as a leader? That I was honest with people, that I brought um, my whole heart to the work, that I had integrity in what I did, um, that I was not afraid to stand in the gap when things were uncomfortable. And there are times in anyone's professional career, you're gonna experience things that are uncomfortable and um, and that I leaned into it because it was the right work to do, um, that I w- would cheer on and support those that, that didn't always have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things that are most important to me. Um, and sometimes it's hard because sometimes you're like, it's easier to just do this to, you know, so other people feel good. But what about the people who don't have somebody to advocate for mm-hmm. them? And so that's what I want to be remembered for. Mm-hmm. So you, <coughs> you have a, Interesting background. You you grew up in an uh, educated family. Was it always easy for you? It sounds like your mom and the, your educated family. Was it was it easy or was it times where you felt like, hmm, I don't know. Has there ever been any moments like that? And then tell us about how perhaps you've overcome those moments. I know in my life, it appears great, 
But at the end of the day, there were times where um, I didn't know how things were going to manifest. And were there any times that you've ever gone through like those moments where you almost wanted to give up or there? There are times when I did give up, quite honestly. Um, so I have married my high school sweetheart. Um, and, you know, we are the very best of friends, but we're, we're young. And um, my sophomore year, I ended up uh, dropping out of school because um, I was having a baby. And I remember the disappointment in my family because, again, as I shared with you, my mm -hmm. mother and my aunt and my extended family um, expected more of me. And, and so um, during that time, and I was out of school for probably about two years while I worked part-time jobs and doing, you know, little things here and there that I thought, okay, this, um, I need to get back in school, but I didn't really know how to do it. And I wanted to get back in school and be successful. Um, and it was easy to, it was, would have been easy just to give up. Um, but also I have to appreciate as much as my mom was um, had high expectations of me. She was also my biggest champion. And she would say, you know what? One um, mistake or mm -hmm. one decision doesn't define who you are. Mm -hmm. And you are not the first person to be a young mother um, to go back to school. It might take you a little longer, but you can do it. You've just got to figure out how do you pace yourself. And um, and so that encouragement, the encouragement of my husband, um, because he was in school at the same time, too. So we're, you know, very young, trying to figure things out. And then we have the responsibility of a baby. Um, it made it it made it challenging. Um, and so I that's a time where I had to kind of quell that negative self-talk. And I think sometimes as young people, as sometimes as women, sometimes as an African-American, we will hear the negative self-talk or we'll hear the talk of others and we let that be the loudest voice. And it's important to manage your own voice and, you know, and, and not to get too spiritual or, or religious, but also look and see what God has in place for us to and really lean into that. And so once I started to kind of listen to my own voice and drown out other voices, because people are going to talk anyway, and often they do, um, it's how, what are my dreams and how do I set goals? And even if it falling forward, going back to my conversation about falling forward, even if I'm not successful the first time, doesn't mean I don't still try. And so that was a time where I was like, okay, I can really do this. I graduated from college with my bachelor's degree when I was, um, 25. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, I am so much older because most, um, undergrads are 21, 22. So I was a little bit older than my classmates. And I was embarrassed about that for a long time. And I remember my daughter, who was our oldest, um, and I, I, it kind of resonated with me, the impact that I was having on her. Do you remember like when you take kids to their um, pre-K or their kindergarten wellness visit before they go to school? And I remember the pediatrician asking her all these questions and, you know, is she ready for kindergarten? And she was like, kindergarten? She's like, I've already been to college because sometimes I have to take her to class with me, right? <laughs> and so, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, I'll be okay yeah. that my young, my baby girl knew that 
she was ready for kindergarten because she had been to college. And so I had to let some of those other things go around being an older college graduate. Ah, uh, that's a wonderful story. So you never gave up. You you kept your eye on Temporarily gave up, but then got back on. Got back on. <laughs> yeah. Got back on. And God had a part to play on. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, it's so easy for us to get down and uh, start to wondering about what, what the world's, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. But there's always a solution if you just keep the faith. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've been uh, a great guest today. And I, I want to thank you for coming on. And I know that your life spent in Grand Rapids for the last three years? Four years. Four years? Yep. Is, has been quite a quite a whirlwind. The the COVID-19 was 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 on the scene big time when you showed up here. Mm -hmm. You got through that. Oh, my God. And, and t kids who are, you know, not in school, you have to figure out how to, how to get them educated while they're at home. That must have been a nightmare. Uh, any lessons learned? Give us give us something that would help people who are struggling to make it, what would you tell a person who may have found themselves in the spot that you were in, uh, okay. where, where maybe their goals were disrupted at that point in time? What, what would you tell them? And I know you've shared some of that now, but what else would you share with us as being an important thing for them to remember as we sign off today? Be your own cheerleader. If nobody else is cheering for you, Cheer for yourself, because let's be honest, you take you with you wherever you go. And so that would be the piece of advice that I would give someone who's not really sure. It's like, quell that negative voice, lift yourself up, talk about the things that you're doing really well, and be your own cheerleader and yeah. champion. Find yeah. your inner positive voice. Yeah. Because you're going to go with you wherever you go. We're all important. We're all Absolutely. And, and so often we just forget that, don't we? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. This has been a great time with you. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. We look forward to seeing you in action. Hope, hoping you will have a great school year and looking forward to uh, much oh, success. Yes. So thank you all for joining the show today. We want to welcome you back again when we do another Fulfilling the Dream. And we want to thank Superintendent Roby for being here. So thank you all for joining the show today. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling the Dream with Wayman Brett the podcast that gives you courage and confidence to fulfill your dreams. Discover the riveting personal account of Wayman's journey in his book, Fulfilling the Dream, My Path to Leadership and Finding Purpose Through Serving Others, available in print and audiobook. If you haven't done it yet, subscribe to Fulfilling the Dream, wherever you get your podcast. Share this episode with others. If you think you don't know them well enough, do it anyway. Be bold. Make a connection. And if you have a powerful story to tell, let us hear it. To get connected, visit fulfillingthedreampodcast.com.